Welcome to another Sunday session on NRL.com to take you through all the highs and lows of round 16. We've had some injuries, we've had some upsets, we've had some cracking footy. Kenny Scott is with me as always to talk us through it. Kenny, thank you once again for being here. CK, always a pleasure. And uh, our special privilege this week to have with us Channel 9 commentator Matt Thompson. Matt, thank you for being here. Hey guys, good to chat. Fantastic stuff. Um, let's just dive straight into it. So we've just seen the uh, the dust settle on the Raiders and the Bulldogs, uh, 34 points to 20 it finished up. But geez, the Bulldogs were um, uh, riding this up to their eyeballs in front at half time. Raiders had a player in the bin. Matt, were you smelling an upset or you kind of thought the uh, the Raiders were always coming back to get them? Uh, no, I was always confident Canberra would get them, but I could tell you the Broncos were in the fetal position at halftime, weren't they? Because <laughs> if, if the Bulldogs got the job done, then Brisbane would have been last, which would have added to uh, another we'll add another layer to the story that is the Broncos this year. But uh, Jack Whiten was too good for them in the second half, wasn't he? Geez, he's a fabulous player. And, and when he runs the ball, um, there's few better ball runners in the game, I reckon. Uh, two tries by himself. And then I think Canberra sort of got the better of the Bulldogs, who have been gallant this year again, but mm. just like that little bit of class to, to beat the better teams. Yeah, Whiten tore up the Titans the other week. He did it to the Dogs. He did it um, while they only had 12 men on the field, Kenny. They were uh, they were down to 12 with Starling sent for repeated infringements, but they uh, made a bit of a mockery of that one-man disadvantage. Well, that was the strangest thing about this game. The Bulldogs were in the driver's seat to, to, to pull the surprise upset. So uh, they're, a couple, they're a couple of points up. Man in the sin bin. Raiders not knowing what's going on. It seemed like they were panicking at the time. And then Jack White and sort of, you know, he goes into beast mode, scores two tries on his own, and it's all, it's all the Raiders from there. Raiders back up to sixth now. So, um, you know, pretty much banked uh, a finals berth and still a chance of pressing for a top four. Yeah. Hey, you touched on the... Well, um, the, the, sorry, the interesting part about that, guys, is they're in fifth place now, equal uh, with the Roosters on 22, and they play next week. So that game... Uh, down in Canberra Saturday night. I mean, that, that's a that's almost a season-defining game because the winner will, will go into the four. So Canberra have a chance of shuffling the Roosters out of the top four. And history tells us that unless you finish in the four, you can't really win the comp. So uh, that's a, a massive game and a grand final rematch just to add to it. So uh, mm. I can't wait to watch that one already. I, I'd have to say, having called the Roosters over the Broncos, I, I'd be just learning towards the Roosters based on the, the form lines coming out of the respective games this weekend, but that's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait for that. We'll talk plenty more about the Roosters uh, when we get to them in a minute. Before we move on from this one, you, you touched on the Dogs being gallant. Fair to say that even though they're in last, far from the worst team that we've seen running around this year. Well, they're, they're a team of tries, aren't they? Uh, they? They always they defend admirably, and and they've been in, in a lot of games where they could have won. You know, there hasn't been too many blowout margins against the Bulldogs this year, but. They just lack a bit of polish, don't they? I think they need a game-breaking outside back or, you know, they could just do with a couple of game-breaking players in that team um, in the back line or maybe a back row or something like that. They just they just haven't been able to finish it off. So, you know, mentality has always been a trade of Bulldogs teams over the years. This one, this year, again, they, they've tried, but they, they just haven't been able to get there in the clutch. And that was the, that was the situation again tonight. We'll see next year if Trent Barrett can bring a bit of the, the magic that's going on at Penrith when he gets there. But the early game today, you're in coverage for the Storm and the Sea Eagles and um, ended up pretty one-sided in the end. Storm, obviously, with all their, their players back after going down to nil against the Eels last week. Yeah, that was our ninth game this afternoon up on the Sunshine Coast. Glorious day. Great ground, that too. I've called a bit of footy up there. That's, um, that's a wonderful part of the world. And um, Melbourne might relocate permanently the way they're going. <laughs> Sunshine and warm weather. 
Uh, yeah, look, they're always going to be too good. Both the Camerons back and in good form, and um, you know, I mainly need a hug, don't they? They've, they've been batted <laughs> around, and and they've, they've, yeah, they've tried so hard this year, and again today. But uh, you know, I just think they're carrying bumps and bruises. They had a quality forward pack out there again this afternoon, but you know, they've got they're missing Turbo obviously at the back, and they've had a lot of other injuries throughout the back line, and. Unfortunately, a team that many of us thought would be top four and potentially pushing for a premiership isn't going to make the top eight this year in Manly. Kenny, that's pretty much red line through the Sea Eagles, you'd have to say. That's, you know, it's pretty much red line through, you know, probably everybody in the bottom eight, but everybody holds out a little bit of hope for the Warriors. But I thought uh, in this game for Melbourne, like Josh Adokar was on and Justin Ollum as well. Like the speed that Josh Adokar has is just such an asset. As soon as he gets the ball, get some pace, hit the line, and, and he's gone. It was a wonderful thing to watch, and he did it over and over again uh, this afternoon. Matt, plenty of highlights from this game. Obviously, Josh Adokar scorching the turf was one of them, but you sort of touched on the two Camerons back. The, the level of polish on the storm, they deserve to be right in the, the very sort of top drawer of reckoning when we're talking about the, the 2020 Premiership. No doubt, yeah. And we've seen it for years under Bellamy. The Melbourne have been having to chop and change themselves as well with a lot of injuries. But when you've got quality in, in Smith at nine and Munster at six and, and Jerome Hughes, like he's, he's become a, a top-line number seven as well. And then Pappenhausen at the back. I mean, they've got, they've got stability in those key positions and then everyone else just slots in around those, those chief playmakers and, and that's what makes them so hard to beat. So we'll ever... I mean, Cameron Smith's had a couple of weeks off their injury and... I reckon it's helped him, if anything. He looks fresh and, and Munster probably in the same boat. So there's a sense of timing about Melbourne. And if they if they can get their best players back and, and have them fit for the finals, there's there's a, absolutely they're they're you know one of, in my opinion, probably three maximum four teams that can win it. Well, yeah, but a couple of enforced rests to some key players may uh, actually sort of pay off as the season wears on. We've spoken plenty through the mm. year about it's a relentless season. There's no buys, no breaks. It's faster. The six again, plenty of injuries. So if the, uh, the Storm can get to the finals, all their players fit and healthy and, and preferably rested as well, they'll be a, a huge threat. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to their next game as well coming up. I mean, this is going to be an absolute cracker against the Rabbitohs, who who finally knocked over a top eight team and, and did it in style um, in, a, in smashing Parramatta. So they've, they've got another stern examination south this week against Melbourne and uh, another one of the, the good games coming up next weekend. Yeah, so some blockbusters. Next round, we'll move ahead to uh, Saturday night. Kenny, I'll start with you, our long-suffering resident Tigers fan. Um, looks pretty willing early, pretty keen, plenty of physicality. Tigers scored first. I thought we might, in for a, might be in for a tight one, but um, Penrith, as they do, just pulled away and far too good in the end. Well, I mean, it, it played to the classic Tigers script. They played well for a period, and like a, a few periods throughout the game. That opening try was was marvellous uh, and that did make me think or oh, maybe the upset was on but realistically they were never going to win this game we put a line through them probably a couple of weeks ago and I was sort of holding out hope that you know mathematical a mathematical chance is still a chance um, but not not when it comes to uh, uh, reality so you know we've spoken week after week about how Penrith are just a wonderful team to watch at the moment they're in the zone they're fit they're strong they're fast they're happy they're enthusiastic and they're playing some great football and no different there's been a fire in this one which I didn't really expect um, but it sort of, you know, it was, it was really um, didn't, didn't differ to what everybody was expecting. The big tragedy is um, 
Tigers, and they're not even going to finish ninth this year. They've probably lost that as well, which would have been a hilarious, uh, if not sad, outcome. But uh, it is what it is, and Penrith keep rolling on. Congratulations to them. Matt, what have you made of the Panthers this year? I personally can't believe just how good they've gone this year after sort of what they produced last year, but they're, they're sort of turning into the team that a lot of us thought they, they might become a couple of years ago. Mm. Oh, yeah, they've been outstanding. And they're just all fit, you know, that they're fit and hungry. And I think last night's game, I, there was a sense from some people that maybe this might have been the week Penrith put in a flat performance. Well, to the contrary, they just get better every week. And there's no signs of complacency in that lineup. Um, look, they're the team to beat, no doubt. They've only lost one game all season and maybe they shouldn't have lost that. So, um, you know, Nathan Cleary, he, he's been the, the key catalyst behind what Penrith have done this year. His game's gone to another level and everyone around him is lifted. You know, they've got everything covered. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're deserved premiership favourites in my mind from a Tigers perspective. Though. I mean, that, that there was some terrible defence in that game last night. I've... Mm. They're such a disappointment, the West Tigers. I, mean, I called their game against Brisbane at Leichhardt and they were they mm. were awesome. They haven't fired a shot since. So I, I can't... I, I, whenever, the, whenever they're under the pump, you know, the Tigers take a backward step. And that's, that's the issue that Michael Maguire is confronting. How does he knock that out of their team? And that's, that's something he's juggling with himself. You know, I, just watching that game, I just couldn't believe some of the simple one-on-one misses and, and, and just soft defence. You know, that's, it's inexcusable at NRL level. And, and while ever they're making, whatever they're showing that lack of commitment in defence, I don't think the Tigers can go forward. It's a real conundrum. I, I just can't understand how their season's gone gone backwards when they were looking like they were almost certain. So, Tom, what do you think it is, like, on the Tigers, that's been a trait of theirs, you know, potentially since inception. So it's not like this current crop of players that are having this issue. It seems to be baked into the walls of the joint. I know, as a, you know, I've been a Russell on fan since day dot. What do you think, that, what, do you, what needs to change? Hmm. <laughs> not sure I'm the right bloke to ask, but, <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you think about the West Tigers, you, you think about, you think about dazzling attack and you think about the Benji brilliant footwork and Robbie Farah's trickery from dummy half. And yeah, that's the identity the club has had of itself. They, they haven't had, they haven't had the identity of the, the tough defensive team that doesn't take a backward step. It's not what the Tigers have done. And that's what Michael Maguire's got to try and instill in this team. You know, they're not, they can do the flashy stuff as well as anyone, but it's, it's the hard yards that let them down. And, you know, they've got to get a couple of, they've got to get a couple of real hardheads in that club, I think, that, that want to lead the way and, and show the younger guys the way you got to guts it out week in, week out at NRL level because some of the individual efforts from that Tigers team last night and the last few weeks, to be fair, um, are just not up to standard. So I don't envy Michael Maguire's job. I know he's chopped and changed that team. I don't know whether that's been counterproductive this year with Brooks and Reynolds and Billy Walters and Benji. They've all, there's been a rotation policy in the halves. He's been trying to make a statement there. I don't know whether it's, whether it's helped overall, but yeah, look, it's a, yeah, I feel sorry for you Tigers fans because a season that promised so much has unfortunately delivered duck egg again. Yeah, yeah. Penrith, meanwhile, strength to strength. They did that one with no AP Coruscant, no Viliami Kikau, Isaiah Yo off concussed pretty early. All but um, shored up a, a minor premiership. It'll take something pretty remarkable for them to, to let that one slip from here. So uh, great signs for Panthers fans. So the earlier game on uh, Saturday, the Sharks are uh, far too good for the Cowboys. Uh, Kenny... Again, again, I guess just the Cowboys um, 
look like they're, they're very much looking forward to this season uh, being over, but um, Sharks did what they had to do to stay in that sort of top eight hunt. Yeah, I mean, talking about seasons producing duck eggs, the Cowboys are right right at the end of one. It's been a really disappointing season for them. Um, and the Sharks are sort of bubbling along nicely, I guess. They've, um, they're in a bit of an odd spot, I think, because their halves combination at the moment is doing really well, but is like not their first string halves combination. So I don't know what John Morris would do um, when it comes for you know Johnson and, and Townsend to come come back in because the guys at the moment are doing really well and I think maybe that might be changing the way that the Sharks are playing because this game they felt really fast they sort of felt like they were chucking it around a little bit more than the Sharks normally would and it, and it paid off for them I found it a pretty enjoyable game um, but yeah the Cowboys like what do you do they've lost Morgan now as well um, end the season please I think is what <laughs> what they'd be thinking. Tom, what have you made of the Sharks? Obviously, haven't had the, the toughest draw compared to some of the teams above them, and haven't got a good record against teams above them. But some good signs from the likes of you know Braden Trindle coming in, in the halves, like Kenny said, no Moylan, no Townsend at the moment. Um, Johnson's missed a couple, but they've still strung some wins together. Some probably some decisions for John Morris to make at the back end of the season with his playmakers. Yeah, well, it's good to see some fresh blood come through Cronulla because over the last well, what four or five years, there hasn't been too much of that. They've brought Williams through and, and Hamlin Newelli there, the two that come to mind. But outside of them, it's been a pretty, it's been a very experienced team and and uh, they haven't had a high turnover of players. So to see these young playmakers come through is a real positive for them. Moylan was available this week, but he was left out after a shock of the week before. Um, and I hear John Morris say that Chad Townsend might be available for next week. So he'll obviously come back into the team. But there's a yeah, there's some competition for spots there. And that's a good sign for, for Sharks fans. And, you know, Moylan is going to have to work out how he gets himself back in that team. I, I think they're a better team when he's in it, but when he's playing well. Um, yeah. You know, the problem with Matt Moylan is that the gulf between his best and his worst is, is pretty big. So they, got, they want to try and get some more consistent football out of him. Look, they're a, they're a middle-of-the-road team. They've, they've, they've beaten teams they should beat. They've come up against the, the top teams and, you know, they've been smashed. Penrith put 50 on them. They do it twice. I think they might have scored 40 odd against the Sharks. Was it, I can't remember the score in that game, but uh, they've beaten them comprehensively twice. So, you know, that's where the Sharks are at. And they'll make the eight, but, I, you know, they've got that sort of final style mentality about their footy, but, I, you know, I can't see them troubling the, the pace setters. Yeah, hard to disagree with any of that. The, um, the early Saturday game, Kenny, we've spoken every week uh, about the Warriors and the sacrifices they've made and everyone's second team, you want them to do well and quite often it doesn't happen. A few times it has happened. 36 points to six over the Knights uh, out there at Tamworth. What an afternoon for, uh, for Warriors fans. Well, this was the Warriors' thank you gift to Tamworth, right? And did it they deliver? What a like, what an amazing outcome for for Warriors fans and for I guess for NRL fans that haven't got a, that haven't yet had a finals team um, assigned to them. Yeah, thirty six to six. Who, like I, I did not see this coming. It was what eight six at half time. The Warriors just played a really consistent, patient style of football, which is not really something that the Warriors have been known to do. Um, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't panic. They didn't push the pass. They didn't try and score like off every set, like they had been known known to do. And they, you know, they they grounded out the game when it needed to be ground out. And then, you know, the viper um, bite right at the end to to blow out the score. It was it was amazing to watch. And it makes me think that perhaps the because uh, we've, we've spoken about it before, the, the Warriors are now settled. They've got their permanent base, and they're not flying back and forth internationally every second week. Is it is was it the, the the travel 
the, the effect of travel that had sort of produced this Warriors teams that we've, we've historically known. And now that they're based there, they, you know, they've become this really patient, um, uh, you know, grind, not grinding, but this really patient football team that's, that's getting results. It's wonderful to see. Peyton uh, doing a job with them as well. I assume they'd rather be home and, and travelling than um, than saving the, the week-to-week travel and, you know, being able to have their families in their normal environment. But, I mean, Tomo, what were your key takeouts from this game? It was, you know, one of the, the worst night's performances we've seen this year. They're down to seventh now. They'll, they'll still make the finals, but not going to scare anyone mm. above them with that sort of uh, performance. Well, look, I'd say it's an aberration, but it's happened before this year. They got tailed up by North Queensland in similar circumstances. You'll remember up in Townsville earlier in the season. So uh, I don't know what it is in this Newcastle team, but they can throw in an absolute shocker. And that's what they did yesterday. Full credit to the Warriors. In a year, with not just in rugby league, but in general, where it's been a crappy year, they're, they're the great story, aren't they? You know, the, They've kept the competition going by relocating to Australia. And wow, I mean, if any team in the comp, has had the right to turn it up. It's the Warriors, but they're getting better as the season goes on. It's, 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 really, it's really quite amazing what they're doing. Um, they can't make the finals. I mean, they're two wins out of it, and they've got a shocking draw. They, they play, I think, I think three of the last four games are against top eight teams. So, yeah. you know, they'll finish just out off the pace, but it sets them up well for next year with a new coach coming in and some belief, and they've flooded some new players, you know, New Zealand Rugby League might be on the dawn of some success that they're, they're certainly overdue for. And um, if success is based on mentality, well, that's something about these young Warriors blokes. They've been absolutely outstanding. But as far as Newcastle goes, I mean, that was, that was appalling. And, uh, you know, they've been unconvincing, haven't they, Newcastle? They've, they've produced some great performances, but they've thrown in some, some shockers along the way too. And, and unfortunately, if it, with that level of inconsistency, you can't really make an impact on the final series. Yeah, some shocking injuries as well with, you know, Braley at the start of the year, McCulloch, you know, Watson, the, the number nine's just been absolutely cursed for them, but um, still no excuse yeah. for, for putting in the sort of performance they did yesterday. Just looking at the Warriors draw, uh, Sunshine, uh, sorry, Central Coast game uh, against Para this week. If Eels are anything like they were last week, they're a chance of winning that. And they've got the, the Sharks, the Raiders and Manly. So, yeah, teams that are mostly above yeah. them, but it's not like they've got, you know, Storm Roosters, Panthers to finish. But like you yeah. said, two wins, yeah. two wins out of the eight, they're going to need a lot. Uh, to go right to have any sort of chance. And they're 150-odd points of differential behind the Sharks. They're going to need to finish ahead of them on the ladder, not uh, not level with them. Um, you have a look at the teams they finished ahead. You look at the teams they're ahead of on the ladder. I mean, they're ahead of the Dragons, the Tigers, Manly, yeah. who are a, a premiership contender, and, and the Broncos, who we know what's happened to them. So for, if you'd have said that at the start of the year, well, actually post-COVID, that the Warriors would end up above those teams on the ladder, you'd have had your head red. But that's just a testament to... <laughs> to how, how well they've, they've done. You know, it's a, it's a really great story. We've touched on the Broncos a couple of times. Let's dive into them now. The Channel 9 game on Friday night, 58 points to 12 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, Roosters have been a little bit hot and cold, a, a disappointing loss to Melbourne um, a few weeks ago with a few players out. Got a few players back, Cordner and Tupu. Um, you know, the Morris boys both back after a couple of layoffs, so they could just be uh, returning to form at the right time. Yeah, like calling that game, and again, I know they're against an out-of-form Brisbane team, but it just reaffirmed to me that when they get their players back, you know, they're right in the comp again. It'd be amazing to think that they're shooting for three in a row, but they're a live chance to do it. I mean, they're just a class above when they click the Roosters, and uh, back was a big big in for them. Tupo on the wing, like you say, he's just a rock-solid player, great in the air, great with his yardage game. 
and they've still got guys to come back into that team. You speak about um, the issues that Newcastle had at Hooker. Well, they've lost Verrills and Radley earlier in the season, the Roosters, um, but it hasn't sort of had a detrimental impact on them that most people anticipated, particularly Radley with, with his ball playing. They've been able to cover for him. Um, and the Roosters players just step up. I mean, the emergence of Tupanua, mm. he's a star. Um, Nat Butcher, outstanding. So, you know, we know how good a coach Trent Robinson is. And uh, there's a sense of timing about them. With Corder having that, that long layoff, I mean, his, his body has been battered for years now. He's hardly had an off-season. So that, that's a little break that gets him fresh and, and ready to go into the finals. And Kiri, is he next week? If he's not next week, he's the week after. He's so, close, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they just, they're, they've timed this to perfection. And, uh, you know, at their best, they're, they're the best team in the comp. So they're there, thereabouts again. Angus Crichton have to be close to a return as well. Mm. Kenny, our um, our year-long love letter to the Morris Twins uh, had another chapter in this game. <laughs> they were outstanding once again. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and they they to be honest, this game um, because it was it was the Roosters doing very well and the Broncos doing very poorly. Um, you know, there wasn't I didn't find too much exciting about it, but the Morris Twins really um, they're just they're, they're great to watch, and when you got to look for. Um, you know, look for bright spots. Uh, uh, they always provide it. It's, it's really quite amazing what they're doing. Um, and I like, I, I don't want the Roosters to win the premiership this year. I've, they've won two in a row. That's, that's more than enough. Um, but I really do want Josh Morris to finally get one because I think it's really unfair that Brett's got two and Josh has got none. Mm. So um, I, whilst I'd rather the Roosters didn't win, that's how I'd, um, I'd be uh, selling it to me. That's, it's good that Josh mm. Morris might finally get a premiership. But yeah, they did great things. Um, Broncos, you've got to look for bright spots. And the only bright spot, I think, was Tom Dearden. Had some good runs, um, showed some good energy, uh, good nod to the future. But, geez, don't they want 2020 to win? Badly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josh Morris plays his 300th game next week. Wow. And that try for, for Brett Morris um, late in the game, he's now equal fifth on the, the list of all-time leading try scorers. So, I mean, there's some pedigree in that family. They're, they've been remarkable, haven't they? And they're 34 and that they want to play again. And, and the way they're going, I mean, I think Brett's retired from rep footy, hasn't he? Or they might have both they retired both have, from rep yeah. footy. But, I mean, you'd, you'd pick them in any rep team. <laughs> any rep team they're available for, the way they're going. Well, if you're picking on form, they'd be straight in without without any yeah. question. I know um, every time I flick on the Sunday footy show, they're, they're into Freddie to give the, the Morris boys a call and talk them out of their, their representative um, retirements. So, I mean, one last word, I guess, on the, the Broncos before we move on. Some of the... Um, the defensive efforts, the, the one-on-one misses, the, just the lack of urgency. It's a team that's not only not playing for each other, they don't even look like they're playing for themselves at the moment. Yeah, it was it was really uh, obvious calling that game. It, you, it sounds funny, but you do feel sorry for them. You know, they were just... I mean, they scored 58, the Roosters. They could have scored 70 or 80, really. I mean, they, they put up little resistance in the second half, Brisbane, and it's just it's incredible to think that the powerhouse club in the competition could have sunk to where they are now. And one one thing you can always control in football, and the guys that I work with, you know, the experts always say that you don't have to be talented to turn up and have a dig. And unfortunately, there's a few blokes in that Brisbane team that just haven't and aren't. And it's uh, you just shake your head. It's it's really it's a really sad state of affairs and. It was another hard week for the club, and on the back of that, they got a, another thumping. Uh, they're on the end of another thumping loss, and the worst news is they play Penrith next week. 
get very ugly. Not gonna be pretty. Very big job next year for whether it's Kevin Walters or Paul Green or whoever ends up there. Um, Kenny, before we uh, wrap up with the the Channel Nine game on Thursday night, the Dragons and the Titans a little bit of an upset here. I certainly didn't pick it, but I um, was quite impressed with the um, the way the Titans have improved under Justin Holbrook, and um, you know they, they they did well in this game. Yeah, this was this was like really really surprising. I've got I've got mates that are Dragons fans, and they're like ribbing me, going, "Oh, the Dragons are going to somehow make the eight, you know, cop that where you know we're we're going to start winning." And you know, of course, they fell apart against the Titans, which I guess probably shows where the Dragons are as well. They've had a pretty um, forgetful season for a whole number of reasons. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was an odd game because um, the opening ten minutes um, had most of the the Titans playing in the the Dragons half. Um, it was. It seemed like the dragons were going to going to be all over them, and then um, uh, they just like dropped their bundle. I'm not really sure how, but um, dragons fans would be pretty disappointed. And like, what was it? Two nil at halftime. Like a really weird. Um, mm. uh, you, you wouldn't call it dour because it was kind of things were happening and it was kind of exciting, but it was um, uh, yeah, just a, I guess a lost a lost two points for the dragons. It's pretty much a line through their season, you think. Now three wins behind um, the Sharks and uh, the Titans, I guess, officially the best club in Queensland um, this year. They're now two wins ahead of the, the Cowboys and Broncos. So they may be, uh, you know, fourth last. But they've got some bragging rights in the uh, little Queensland section. Um, mm. Matt, the uh, the Thursday night game, I, uh, I had a pretty strong feeling that the Bunnies, after their big effort against Manly, um, were going to come up and, and find a way to beat the Eels, but I certainly didn't see 38 nil coming. Uh, what did you make of this one? Well, I'm with you. I, I thought that was specials, actually. Mm. And I'd, we don't we don't condone gambling on this podcast, but I saw the bookies <laughs> put them up three, $3 outsiders, what? which I thought was extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that scoreline, no. But um, the sad thing is Latrell's injury, you know, just just, just when they've they've built momentum over over the last fortnight, um, you know, heading into the finals, that they were the wild card, weren't they? And look, I'm I'm not saying that they're completely gone, but absolutely with Mitchell out, I mean that's a that's a, a main trump card that that they lose heading into the big games. Um, but they still got a lot of attack across the park, South Sydney, and um, you know, on the flip side of that, I. I've thought for a few weeks Parramatta were on the slide. I don't think they can win the comp now. Um, in fact, I've, I've, I haven't thought they've they've been up there with the other teams for the last few weeks. And for me, I think that probably just underlines um, that their form's been on the wane. And with Brown gone as well, I mean that's another another issue for them. So um, that's a game. It's, it's a, the outcome of that game is cruel to both teams, really, despite the big result for South Sydney. Well, yeah, Brown. Um not gone for the season, but certainly gone for the regular season. He's probably a chance for about finals week two, and that's if they're even still okay. going at that point. But yeah, um, yeah they're, they're going to need to to get some wins without him if they want to make any sort of a dent in the competition. Uh, Kenny, what, other than the sort of the injuries, what were your takeouts from this one? Well, um, Tom, we spoke about timing earlier on, and this is just I think Parramatta have timed their run too early. They were doing really well a couple of weeks ago. It feels like they're just coming off the pace. And South have miraculously started doing this. Like they're on, they're on high heat. They're about to come into full boil. It seems their last, this game was uh, amazing. Like I think the week prior, where they absolutely smashed Manly, we probably could have brushed that off as not a real win because Manly's in a, Manly's in a bit of a tight spot at the moment, and um, they just had a really off night. But they, they just seem to be to be on at the at, at the moment. All the players are playing a lot of energy, and I feel like they've just they've just timed it well. I don't think. 
I don't think they'll win the competition, but I think they look like they can make a really deep run into the finals. Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds had an absolute blinder of a game in this. Like we've, we're a bit of a um, pseudo Cody Walker, Cody Walker fan podcast as well. And this just added yeah. to another, another, <laughs> another um, entry yeah. in the diary of how good is he? Um, Cause he just had an excellent game. And when with Adam Reynolds um, in there as well, it's just, it just makes the rest of the team hum. And I just feel they've, Something about them. I don't know if it's just Wayne Bennett's done it deliberately or if it's just luck, where they just seem to be coming together at the right moment. It is a real shame about Latrell Mitchell, as we spoke about before, because that will really um, affect them going forward. But I just feel like they've, um, you know, they've put something in the Kool Aid and they're in the mood at the moment. Mm. I had to. You reckon they're going to go without Latrell because he's really been heating up the last few weeks. A lot of talk about him this year about whether he's a fullback or whether he's going to make it at fullback. He was really sort of starting to show some some signs of consistency and done some brilliant things the past four night. They do have Alex Johnson to come back. He, he was out with a head knock. He's played a lot of fullback. He knows their systems and structures, plenty of pace and nice sort of passing game. And they probably got the just about the form halves pairing of the comp after Penrith, at least, with um, Walker and Reynolds on fire. And even a pretty unheralded young forward pack's really hitting its straps as well. Mm. Yeah, and Cook's been finding form too, which is, is vitally important for Souths. Um, oh, he's obviously a massive blow. For the record, I don't think he's a fullback, but he's just a great footballer whenever he's, he's got his hands on the ball, the Troy Mitchell. So they just miss him. And, and you take him out of any team and, and that, it takes away a key attacking point that the opposition doesn't have to confront. Johnson's a great player. I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. And they've got Corey Allen there as well. And I, I think James Roberts is too far away. So mm. you might even be able to throw him in the mix. Um, but, you know, as far as... You've got to finish top four to win the comp. So I don't think they can win it. But I think the point you make there, Kenny, about them um, playing a role in the finals and causing grief for, for, for a couple of teams is, is legitimate. But... The task has made all that all that much harder without Latrell Mitchell. There's there's no luck about it though. I mean, Wayne Bennett's just timed this beautifully. Everyone, they've been bumbling around for most of the season, and he hasn't panicked. He even had a couple of weeks off himself, and he's, uh, he's got his team. He's got his team ready to go. So yeah, it's um, a bit of master master coaching from the old master. We shouldn't even be surprised at this stage of his uh, of his career, but yeah, finding form at the right time, um, gentlemen. That's pretty much all we have time for. But uh, massively appreciate your thoughts on the Sunday session um, coming to you. Where you get all your good podcasts. Uh, thank you both for being here, and uh, yeah, enjoy your week. Thanks, guys.